in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. One of the most challenging things in service and in life in general is how to win the people. And now actually, one of the most important characteristics when I look for new priests is his communication and his style of dealing with the people. And the theme applies to the Sunday school servants. Because as St. Augustine said, you cannot serve except those who love you. When actually make the people love us and we win them, then actually this in itself will help us in serving them. Many of the family problems between spouses because couples don't know how to win the heart of each other. The first point I like to discuss why it is important to win others. Especially in the book of Proverbs we read the person who wins other is wise. It takes wisdom to win the other people. It's important to win others, number one, it is a testimony that we are the children of God. This is the light inside us when the Lord said, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men. We're different than the rest of the people. The Lord said, if you love those who love you, what profit do you have? Even the tax collector and the sinners love those who love them. But we, the children of God, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. When actually we deal with the other in a Christian way and we win them, it is a testimony for Christ who is within us. As the Lord before his ascension told us, you are my witnesses. You are witnesses of me. So this actually will be fulfillment of our witness for Christ. Why it's important to win others? In order to strengthen the bond of love and unity among all of us. We as Sunday school servants, when we win the heart of each one, we will be serving as one unit together. There is love among all of us. And the Lord told us, thus the world would know you are my children if you love one another. We will be in unity, will not be divided against ourselves. So the servants serve in unity and the servant with their classes, they are also in harmony and in unity. The same for the family. If all the members of the family are able to win one another, the whole family will be in the bond of love and unity. With the unity and love, the third reason, peace. Peace which is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Peace and joy. Think about a family in which there is division. 
Nobody has joy in his heart. Everybody is upset. Everybody is disappointed. They are unhappy. There is no peace. The same applies in Sunday school ministry. If the servants together or the servants with the coordinator, they don't have peace with each other. Again, everyone is unhappy. When I come to the church, it would be like a burden. I'm not happy. I'm not motivated to come to the service. But when all of us actually are able to win the heart of each other, then we will have peace and joy in our midst. Number four, actually, we need each other. I need you and you need me. When we win the heart of each one, the fulfillment of this needs will come naturally. Since I love all of you, I will be serving all of you. And since you love me, you will be serving me. I'm not speaking about dependence here. No, I'm speaking about the interdependency. How we should actually serve one another, as St. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. God, when give me gift, this gift is not for me. This gift is to serve you. In the same, your gift is to serve others around you. When there is division and when there is conflict, we'll not be able to serve one another. But when there is unity and love, and we win the heart of each one, actually, these needs will be fulfilled. And we can exchange experience. We can learn from the experience and the talent of each other. So the first point, why it is important to win others. And in this point, we said it is testimony to Christ inside us. This will strengthen the bond of love and unity. This will actually bring peace and joy in our heart. And this will fulfill our needs because we need each other. The second point, you need to learn how to be a loving personality. How to be a loving personality. All of us search for love. And as the Father said, our search for love is searching for God in himself. Because God is love. In order actually to gain this love that you are searching for, you need actually to offer this love as a gift, unconditional gift. You give it without any condition. Love as a sacrifice. Love that's limitless to everyone. When actually we offer the gift of love to everyone around us, we will reap the love back. And the need for the love, we will get it because we offered this love. You cannot offer this love unless your heart is full of love of God. When your heart is full of the love of God, then you will be able to give it to others. Love make our heart big enough to contain others and to contain their weaknesses and to understand their struggles, to be patient with them 
and to endure them. That's what love is. And I want to tell you that all of us, we have the potential to be loving people. To have the potential to be loving people. How come? Because in baptism, we became children of God. In baptism, we experience the love of God toward us. How all our sins are forgiven. And now we put on the righteousness of Christ. And we became, as St. Paul said, a new nature in Jesus Christ. This corrupted nature died in the water of baptism. Now you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. This new creation is capable of offering the agape love, this unconditional, sacrificial, and limitless love. Also, when we sin, this capability of love starts to be weak in us. But thanks be to God, through repentance, this capability to be a loving person is renewed. Because, as said in the sermon this morning, repentance is the second baptism. This new creation, if after baptism I defiled it by falling into several sins, through repentance again, I will become a new creation once again. And thus, the capability of the agape love, the limitless, unconditional, sacrificial love, will be with me. Also, these gifts, somebody sent me this actually analogy, and I like it very much. I will share it with you. The analogy, any gift that God gives us, is like the muscles. And then our role by training to strengthen these muscles and to build the muscles. So God gave us the gift of love. Once we get out of the water of baptism, we have this capability of the Arabi love. But we need to strengthen this muscle. We need to build it through actually doing the works of love. Through doing the works of love. That's why I say love is both grace and work. Grace is like the muscle that you get it for free. But the work, you need to build it and you need to strengthen it. Love actually has two levels. The level of the mind and the level of the heart. You cannot change, there is no switch to change your feeling toward other. If I feel I'm not comfortable to a person, unfortunately there is no switch to change it. But when you make a decision by your mind to love this person and to do the works of love toward this person, regardless of your feeling, and to force yourself to do it, to fulfill the commandment of God, not as hypocrisy, but in obedience to the word of God, then God actually will change your heart. God will change the feeling inside your heart when God sees your faithfulness in doing the commandment of love. When God told us, love your enemies, I'm sure all of us will have some negative feelings toward our enemies, those who persecute us, those who harm us. So how can I love them? 
Love here is not on the level of the heart, but on the level of the mind. I make a decision to love them. If your enemy is hungry, give him food. If your enemy is thirsty, give him drink, as St. Paul said. And when God sees my faithfulness in doing the works of love, it will be processed from here to here. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. When St. Paul defined love, you will not one single verse define love as emotions or feeling. All the verses are actions, works. That's what love is, to work. We spoke about the importance of winning others, and we spoke about how to be a loving person. The third point, how to win the others in practical point. Number one, care for the feeling of others. Before actually saying a word, before making a decision, think about how your word or how your action would affect the other. If it's going to hurt him, don't do it. If it's going to upset him or disappoint him, don't do it. Many people, they don't care about the feeling of others. They do whatever they see it is right. Even what it is right for them can hurt others, they don't care. They don't care. And some people intentionally use sharp words to harm others, to hurt others. This is very bad. When intentionally I choose certain words and I know for sure these words will harm the other person and I will do it intentionally. This is actually very bad. Making fun of others, belittling others, belittling their opinions, not paying attention to them, showing their weakness in front of others, try to show off on their expense, try to take praise on the expense of others. All of this actually will damage the relationship between you and the other person. And by the way, a person who does all of this means he is not in peace with himself. Because a person who is in peace with himself who is reconciled with himself, will not do these things. He will be very sensitive to the feeling of others. Number two, how to win others. Show validation. When they do something, even very little, show appreciation and validation. The Lord said even a cup of cold water will not be forgotten before God. Yesterday we celebrated St. Peter the ascetic. He was very greedy and he had no compassion on the poor. And one time a poor person begged him for anything. So he had one loaf of bread that's very old. So actually he threw it in his face. And throwing it in his face to tell him, don't come again. St. Peter, before his repentance, slept and in a dream he saw himself standing before God in the last day of judgment and he found even this loaf of bread that he threw it in the face of the beggar 
God actually counted for him as something good he did. And then this vision changed the life of St. Peter. He donated all what he had to the poor. And at the end, when he did not find anything to donate, he sold himself as a slave and he took the price of selling himself as a slave and donated to the poor. I'm saying this story to tell you how St. Peter, when he realized that God even appreciated this one loaf of bread that he threw it in the face of the beggar and God appreciated, acknowledged it and rewarded him for it, this changed his life completely. Show validation to others. Show appreciation. Praise them. Commend them. As you are happy when people actually praise you or commend you, do the same for others. Make them happy. And do it from your heart. Do it from your heart. When the Lord actually saw this widow that put the two mites, he commended her and praised her. And the other woman that poured the nardine on him, she was rebuked by the disciples, but the Lord defended her. And he said, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, this will be told as a memorial for her. Try to praise, validate, appreciate, be grateful to the others. Number three, be a joyful person. When you meet others, meet them with a smile to show them that you appreciate the meeting. You are happy to see them. This brings joy to your heart when you see others. Actually, your face and how you look can open the heart of the other person or can turn his heart completely off. Just when you look at them with a smile and with a comfortable face, welcoming face, this actually makes the other person willing to open up to you. One time, some monks went to St. Anthony the Great. All of them, except one, were asking St. Anthony questions. But one was silent. He did not ask any question. So St. Anthony asked him, why you are silent? So he told him, it is enough for me to look at your face. So looking at face of St. Anthony was more than enough to give him peace and to plant the fear of God in his heart. Think about it. When you go to somebody who is actually angry, his facial expression shows that he unhappy, angry. You, you, you will not be comfortable around this person. Even if you want to open up and talk, you will not be able to talk. Let others around you feel that you are happy and joyful when meeting and talking with them. Number four, be kind. Be kind. Kindness is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Kindness is one of the characteristics of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It's written about him. He doesn't quarrel. He doesn't scream. No one hears his voice in the streets. He was so kind that a broken reed he does not break. If there is a smoking flax, 
he does not quench. The Bible actually asks us to be kind to one another in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind to one another. Kindness and meekness. The Lord said about the meek, Blessed are the meek, for they inherit the earth. What does it mean, inherit the earth? Because they win the heart of everyone. So as if they inherited the whole earth. Because they won the heart of everyone. And maybe the only thing that the Lord directly told us to learn from him, when he said, learn from me because I am meek and of a lowly heart. Be kind. Don't be rough. Don't be harsh. Don't speak with arrogance. But be kind to others. The person who is not kind means he is not filled with the Holy Spirit. Because one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is kindness. Even in dealing with sinners, the Lord Jesus Christ, in dealing with the sinners, he was very kind. See what he did with the woman that was caught in action. What did he do with the Samaritan woman? What did he do with the thief on the cross? With the chaos? You may tell me, but the Lord, in Matthew 23, he rebuked the scribes and Pharisees publicly. I tell you, yes, publicly the Lord rebuked them. But on the personal level, he did not rebuke them. When any Pharisee invited him, he went and accepted the invitation. Simeon the Pharisee, when actually invited him, the Lord accepted this invitation. And when Simeon judged the Lord and judged the sinful woman, the Lord actually tried to teach him, but how he taught him? Through a parable. He told him, one has two debtors, one owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. And he asked him a question. He did not rebuke him. He was very, very gentle, even in this confrontation. The Lord was very, very gentle with others and very kind in dealing with others. That's why he wants the heart of almost every person around him, except those who intentionally rejected him because of the hardness of their heart. Number five, choose your words carefully. As St. Paul said, let your words salted with salt in order to give grace to the listeners. When I speak, ask yourself whether my words give grace to the listener or make him brokenhearted or making him angry or bring grief in his heart. Be careful in choosing your words. Don't actually be a person who are always, always blaming others and pointing out their weaknesses. Even as parents, don't always, always bring the weaknesses to your children because they will not like to talk to you. They will say, okay, I'm going now to that. He will tell me what I did wrong today. But be careful when actually to rebuke and when to encourage and when we rebuke, how you rebuke. Follow the example of the Lord Jesus Christ, how to speak gently to the people. Don't wound the heart of anybody. Many times also, 
we have negative interpretation of the behavior of others. And we deal with others based on this negative interpretation. Or sometimes we try to catch them with a word. I just was told somebody actually was trying to ask a question. And this question, he want to catch the person in the answer. And based on this, he will tell him, I don't trust you. What kind of personality? What kind of thinking? What are you doing here? Don't do this. In this way, you will not win them. You will make them your enemies. Don't also be always, always criticizing others. Especially don't criticize in front of others. Don't criticize your spouse in front of others. Don't criticize your children in front of others. Especially when they are teenagers, at this time, their image is very important for them. When you criticize them and put them down, they will rebel against you. You need to help them to build their image, not to destroy it. Rather, actually try to find excuses for others. As when they criticized this woman who poured the very costly ointment on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord defended her and he found an excuse for her. Be careful in choosing your words. Think about this verse always. Let your words give grace to the listener. Number six, don't envy or desire what others have. When you look at what they have and you be envious of it, this will create tension and barrier between you and them. For example, in service, don't envy another servant because he is appointed to a class. You want this class. Or he was appointed as coordinator and you want to be the coordinator. Or don't envy another deacon because he read a certain reading like in the Holy Week and you want to read this. Many, many times actually, this envy, this envious spirit make a barrier between us and others. Even if we don't realize it, even if we try to hide it, even if we don't speak about it, but it will show on our face. That's why rejoice for others. Rejoice for them. Don't envy them and don't desire what they have. Number seven, try to apply the commandment of the second mile with others. The Lord told us, if someone compels you to walk one mile, walk the second mile. If one quarreled with you and took your clothes, give him the garment. So here actually you will win the other person. But if you get in tension with him, you will lose him. Believe me, once there are barriers are built, it takes a lot of effort to knock it down. Use, as Abu Nabshoi Kamel in his book, The Gospel of the Second Mile, he said the second mile is the mile of love. Because you do it willingly. If I'm compelled to walk one mile, maybe just I, I walked this mile out of compulsion. I have no other choice. 
But when I choose to walk the second mile, then that is the mile of love. And the second mile will win the heart of the people. Number eight, work on building people, edifying them, not on destroying them. The Lord said, the Son of Man did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. The Son of Man came to seek and to save who was perished. This time is time of salvation, time of edification, not time of condemnation. There is a time for condemnation, as we hear in the Divine Liturgy. He appointed a day for recompense in which he will give each one according to his works. But this time is time of salvation. If you see somebody falling in a pit, don't actually destroy him, but extend your hand and pull him up. When actually you make fun of him, or you judge him, or you condemn him, or you criticizing him, while you are leaving him in the pit, what did you do? We are called actually, especially as Sunday school servant, to save, to edify, to build, not to destroy. You need actually to be careful in, in building others, not to destroy them. I will review with you these eight points how to win others. Care for the feeling of others. Validate and appreciate and be grateful to them. When you meet them, smile. Show them that you are comfortable and happy in meeting them. Be kind to others. Be careful in choosing your words. Choose words that bring grace to the listener. Don't envy what the others have, don't desire what's in their hand, walk with them the second mile, and work on building others, not destroying them. While you are doing this, just I want to remind you with what we mentioned yesterday in, uh, in the Bible study, when David said, depart from me all evildoers. To win the evildoers is to seek their repentance, not to approve their wicked deed and their evil doing. Again, to win the evildoers is to seek their repentance, not to approve what they are doing wrong, because we are the children of God. Yes, we love everyone and we accept everyone. And because we love them and we accept them, we need to be firm in what's right and what's wrong, but to communicate this in a gentle and in a kind way. If you see yourself compromising your principles to accept one or twin one person, if you are compromising a biblical principle to win one person, then you are going in the wrong direction. We should never compromise the testimonies of God or our obedience to God to win somebody. But we should win the person to make him obedient to the work of God. And again, as the Bible says, he who wins others is wise. This needs wisdom from God. 
ask from God to grant you wisdom. As King Solomon, when he started actually his role as a king of Israel, what did he pray for? He prayed for wisdom. In the same way, as a Sunday school servant, you need to pray for wisdom every day. In order through your service, you win others, not to yourself, but to win them to Christ, in order to save them, in order all of us, we will be saved and will be one body and one shepherd. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.